0: So, last time we covered the Menagerie Part 1. Let me recap the Menagerie Part 1, so that when we recap Menagerie Part 1, I can recap Menagerie... No, okay. Here's the deal. (laughs) Um, We had plenty to talk about in the last episode, at least I felt like we did. I mean, it wasn't a super long rumination, but we had stuff to talk about, right? I spent a lot of this episode skipping forward through the cage elements, because... Well, the last episode, over half the episode, well over half the episode, was new stuff. And this episode, well under half is new stuff. How much? Well, you remember back during Shades of Grey where I decided to actually math it out and figure out how much of the episode was, you know, um, new footage and how much of it was reused? Check this out. I I just, I want to go through the the play-by-play here with you, if it's okay with you guys. So, first we have 40 seconds of new footage, then 32 then 39, then 23, then 60, then 15, then 45. By the way, I'm keeping track in terms of seconds, because if you're paying attention, only one of these has been at the minute mark. It's all seconds of footage. That's new footage. Then 45, then 115, and then towards the end of the episode, when the episode actually ends, 304 seconds of footage. That's 673 seconds, which uh, equals out to 11 minutes and 13 seconds, roughly, of new footage. How much of that is the Ed that relative to the episode twenty two point two percent of the episode, just over a fifth of the episode is new footage ouch, but you know what i'm not here to complain about it, not really because it does work, and the cage is a good episode, as I mentioned earlier for the longest time I didn't see the cage. I saw this the menagerie, and this was how I saw the cage, seeing it in its in its full version wasn't something that happened for me until. I want to say the early 90s. Um, I'm not ex- sure of the exact date. I believe it was something that came out with that 25th anniversary special that I've referenced a few times here. But as a ruminator, that doesn't leave me a lot to talk about. I do want to mention something interesting. This episode, or rather, these two episodes combined actually got a Hugo Award for a dramatic presentation. And I can see why. But... I do also have to mention that the seams really do show a little bit. Let's go through the episode that's not the cage. So we start off, there's a Captain's Log recapping the events of the last episode. Now, despite my joking, I don't mind that. Because, again, the times, right? It was normal for people to not, excuse me, to not actually have episodes all listed in order. And they didn't exactly have VHSs or DVDs or whatever. Binging wasn't even a concept yet. I mean, it was, but, you know, that was the really esoteric people who did that, who had the money and the time and the interest. So, long story short, the initial recap doesn't bother me. What bugs me is the narration. Repeatedly, for the first, I'd say, 20 minutes of the episode, it'll just cut back. You know how I kept mentioning there was like a 20-second part and then a 30-second part? That was just a cut back to Kirk, who would then narrate the events of the episode that we were watching. I don't know how to properly explain how redundant this is. It's like watching someone... Here, check this out. So, am going to demonstrate. At this point, Low runner picked up his pen, looked at it morosely, thinking of the styles of pens he uses and why he uses them, and then placed it down on his notepad. Like, that's that's what's happening here, and it happens multiple times. But that's not the worst part. Check this out. Um, we do have an explanation of the illusion. This is actually one of the only recaps that I'm okay with because it specifically sets up the, the point of the episode. They mention how even though he's been in his cell this entire time, this is nevertheless something that you know uh, he is is something that he'll still feel and explain, and, and just, you get the idea. So we have another recap, and then we have another recap, then we have another recap. I'm not making fun. This is actually what happens. Then we have a really weird commercial break. It cuts to the bit where uh, Vina is the Orion slave girl, dancey, dancey. woo! and C- Commodore Mendez just has to make this comment about uh, here they're incredibly sexy and no man can no living man can possibly resist them. I mean, I guess she's cute, but I don't know. But no, the reason that this is so egregious for me is just kind of a. Really? But then it's a commercial break. I want you to imagine you're watching this in the day and it's like, no, living man can resist them. They're super sexy. I'm going to talk up their sexiness. Cut to commercial. And then it comes back from commercial still in the middle of the Orion section where we have another recap. At this point it is, like I said, just narration. Kirk is just narrating the cage for us, which really actually hurts the presentation of the cage if I'm just being completely blunt. Then, then the worst part of the episode happens. This, this bugged the crap out of me when I was a kid. I was actually looking forward to, no joke, I was looking forward to digging into the behind the scenes and the makings of to finally be able to understand what the crap was going on with this scene. Turns out, they just needed a little bit more filler. That's it, that's the big reason. Because what happens is the images just stop. And Spock's like, oh, wait, no, you must continue. Looks at the image expectantly, nothing happens. Well, I guess we'll have to render verdict. No, wait, please, there's got to be more. Look at the image expectantly, nothing happens. Very well, we will render guilty. Mr. Pike, what's your verdict? Guilty. Commodore says, I'm, I think it's guilty. Captain Kirk? Big dramatic pause. I, too, will also say guilty. Da dun 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 dun, dun 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 Commercial break. Come back from commercial break. They are now entering orbit of Talos four. Everyone down in the court-martial area is just kind of hanging out. And then Spock says, with casual confidence, you will now see the continuation of Y. And then the images continue. What? There is such a monumental logical disconnect there that I actually have difficulty even explaining how much that doesn't make sense in my head. Imagine for a moment a court-martial where a guilty verdict has just been handed down, and then what happens is they go, and they sit back down, then they get the word from the bridge, and then they keep watching evidence for the trial. What?! That's ignoring several other flaws, like the fact that Spock should have known what was going on, or that he was apparently informed midway through, or just... There's there's a huge logical disconnect here, and this scene has always bugged the ever-living crap out of me. Please tell me I'm not alone in this one. Please tell me someone else has been bugged by this since they were a child. I mean, I was like 10 or 11. When when was I when I first saw this? Uh, That would have been... I would have been 9 when I first saw this just uh oh, anyways 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 so then we continue um and then oh my god the commodore was always an illusion da, 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 da. this is also kind of stupid if i'm being completely blunt the excuse given is we wanted to distract you with a fake trial specifically so that you wouldn't regain control of your ship oh uh, okay but the thing is General Order 7, or whatever the hell it is, is you contact planet and death penalty. That's just kind of how that works, right? So, simply by being a part of this trial, now Kirk's life and, and his career are both on the line. Now You're probably thinking, why am I bringing that up? Well, Spock's point about why he doesn't just go to Kirk to begin with is, well, my life being risked was enough. No reason to risk you as well, even though I am doing so by simply engaging you in this particular facade. Then, this gets even funnier. Remember, there was that whole thing about you must stop all contact with Telos Four, no matter what, right? Right? You remember that? Remember how that was completely abandoned after the end of the first episode? Check this out. They've been communicating with the real Commodore Mendez back on back on Starbase, whatever, the entire time. So that's another person who is now on on the row for death penalty. Now, ironically, I was going to mock this because, let's be clear, this is probably bad writing. And this is very Roddenberry writing. He has a lot of just go with it in his writing style. You know, just, just don't, don't skirt, don't, don't stress the details. Just, just go with the ideas. That's his overall approach. No real judgment. It's just, I don't like that type of writing and I find it to be, you know, kind of dismissive and I don't want to use the word lazy, but uh, not as involved. Let's go with that. Nevertheless, even though that is absolutely what was intended, there is an incredibly funny unintentional aspect to this, especially in the immediate wake of court-martial. Remember that whole thing? The service. We must all be in service of the service, and we must do what we must in order to maintain the image of Starfleet. So Commodore Mendez is receiving images from Talos 4. As soon as he receives those images, he realizes where they're coming from, and it's like, oh, God. They're going to put the death penalty on me. Unless he realizes that with his authority, he could rule that in this this one circumstance, we'll just go ahead and I'll I'll allow this. We'll we'll revoke the death penalty this time around. And um, you, Kirk, you decide what you want to do on your authority. That way the ball's in your court, and I have nothing to do with any of this. It's wonderfully underhanded and almost assuredly unintended. This then leads to one more, one one last bit of weirdness. Uh, Spock rolls Pike out, and Kirk is still standing there. And then the Keeper says, hey, Kirk. And Kirk looks up the screen, and then (sniffs) Pike is walking up with Veena to the to inside. Now, yes, they could already be beaming that image into his head, but as a kid, I always looked at them like, damn, they beamed down fast! That was like milliseconds! Jeez! Did they, they don't even have the ability to beam not from the, the transporter room in this series yet, so... I don't think actually ever they ever get that. I could be wrong about that. I know that's a thing that became a deal in TNG. just Instantly on the planet. But, of course, this leads to the overall theme of the episode, and one of the reasons why I'm willing to give it a bit of Leroy... The cage, in many ways, was about how mankind should not be chained by such things. About how... <sighs> well, it's the Babylon 5 thing, isn't it? When you have psychic powers, the rest of you stagnates because you don't need anything else. All of your your needs are provided by this these illusions or these psychic abilities that you have, right? Hence the whole idea of psychics not developing sentience and sapience within the Babylon 5 setting. So you know, it it, kind of lines up that idea, you know, you develop these superpowers, why bother with anything else? If we in real life humans had these kind of illusory powers, would we bother with anything? The answer is, of course we would, because there's enough of us and enough variety of us that there would be plenty of people who would insist on, it's just not the same, or I want the real thing, or, I mean, come on, guys, this is, it's not that hard to understand with all the variety of human beings and all their preferences and, and opinions and all that fun stuff. However, What this episode does, and one of the things I do like most about The Menagerie, other than giving an interesting edited version of The Cage, is it gives us the fact that it's not necessarily automatically wrong to escape into an illusory world. It depends on the circumstances. And you know what? I agree completely. Some of you know I've been through some really horrific things in my life. Uh, I will speak to one of the least horrific things I've been through. I once had... Many, many, uh, somewhere around three dozen, I think, or no, it was two dozen. It was two dozen. It's like twenty-six, I want to say. I don't remember the number. Kidney stones in one of my kidneys, along with a very large kidney stone or two, one of which was about that big, give or take. I know you can't really see that. That probably doesn't look big. It was horrifically painful. I actually started work on this show while I was under those circumstances, and my life was literally threatened because my health was torpedoing and spiraling down so rapid fire because of the kidney stones. Which none of us knew at the time; we didn't know the root cause. Once once that that surgery happened and those were removed, my health start, has recovered and has basically never stopped recovering ever since. You know, I've been getting better and better over the years. So that's nice, but what I'm trying to bring your attention to is the horrific, nightmarish pain I was in. And you know what I did to escape that? You see my point. The idea that under specific circumstances, escaping is not necessarily a bad thing, especially when it's the only thing you can do to cope. It's the only thing you have available to you. I don't have any other options, and neither does Pike. Pike can't just walk up and fix himself because the medical tech just isn't there and there's no magic and the cues don't exist yet. So he's stuck. Isn't then him living in this illusory world with Vina, who is apparently still alive? It's only been a few years, anyways. Um, Is that not something that is worth it, and an acceptable outcome? Even in the final thing they mentioned, he has his illusion, you have your reality. May you both find uh, your paths as pleasant. There's just something well wishing in that. There's there's a lack of malevolence which I like about that. I don't know. Food for thought. What do you guys think? I am, as ever, looking forward to your comments on this very, very short rumination. I hope you've enjoyed. I'll see you next time.